Mike Cybert Radio is an independent podcast. The views and opinions expressed are those of the host and the guests only and do not necessarily reflect those of any broadcasters that any of us either have been, am now, or will be affiliated with. Enjoy the show! Welcome back to Mike Seibert Radio. I am your host. If you'd like to get a hold of me, I am at Mike Seibert Radio. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and you're always welcome to write into the mailbag, Radio at gmail.com. This is the podcast radio show where I talk about stuff and things that are on my mind every week. And this week, I am joined by a recurring co-host, Killing Spree. How you doing, dude? Oh, God, this guy again. God <laughs> damn it. <laughs> that's, that's when people at home are like, oh, click, <laughs> turn off. No, we, uh, we like to do these team shows now and again because uh, I, I don't want to catch myself uh, talking into a microphone uh, self-indulgently for three and a half hours like I did a couple weeks ago. Um, and But, yeah, no, we... Uh, we you know, we we like to talk about the uh, uh, the giant monster movies uh, and other stuff as well, but or the shite Star Wars movies. Oh man, <laughs> man! You know, and and I think we've got a thing or two on that front that we may or may not uh, get to cover. So normally, I try to do this like a like a real show and say, you know, here's what we're talking about. You know, we're we're gonna talk about the Meg, and then we're also gonna talk about uh, Idris Elba as James. Bond. We're also going to talk about, you know, some Star Wars news and, you know, maybe get to Doom Eternal if uh, if we have time. All of that and more on this all new episode of Mike Cyber Radio. But first, you know, no, we're on a super time. Limit. We're, we're not doing any of that because, uh, you know, give you a quick peek behind the, the curtain here. <laughs> Um, uh, my man Killing Spree and I just spent the last 20 so minutes or so, um, on almost the, a half hour, almost a half hour with, uh, KGRG engineer, John Kasprick as, uh, you know, I, I sat down to reconfigure the board and I looked over at the meters and looked at the speakers and realized that the radio station that, oh, by the way, we, we've snuck into KGRG again and, and that's what we're, they'll what, catch us one of these days. <laughs> not well, they kind of caught us today because I looked at it and saw that the the station was a broadcasting, and it's like, oh, 
well, well, we've got to take care of this. We can't like, just ignore it. <laughs> I I thought about it for for maybe a brief fleeting second, but uh, yeah, no, we uh, we can't do that. So, uh, so yeah, so Spree was uh, uh jamming some CDs. People got to listen to some Warp Tour from 2003 and whatever else is on the shelves here. But uh, I'm sure most of those CDs we were playing were like early 2000s. Like that's. We were just grabbing what we could find. Yeah, yeah, no, I uh, that was that. So that was an adventure, and that's kind of cut into our recording time. And uh, basically, we've got a limitation on the other side too, because I'm not about to miss SummerSlam tonight. Okay, so <laughs> so SummerSlam, th- this is like an event, right? Like it's well, for those who don't watch professional wrestling, SummerSlam is one of the big four pay per views for WWE. You have WrestleMania being the big one. Okay, you have. Also, the Royal Rumble, mm-hmm. Survivor Series, and SummerSlam. Those are like the big four, the, one that, the ones that matter. Everything yeah. else is just filler. Gotcha, because I, I remember like uh, the last time we had one of these, it was what, Extreme Rules or something like that? I think so. Um, that you had a pay-per-view for, but yeah, like like you said, this is like for real. So we are um, we do have a handful of topics that we're going to get through because- uh, We're probably going to cut the ones that don't matter. It pretty or, much. Or old. Yeah, well, and there and there's going to be a lot of hey, do do we think we have time for this? Nah, fuck it. So, uh, but the the main thing we wanted to get together and talk about before um, uh, was uh, the Meg, the uh, the the giant shark movie uh, uh, starring Jason Statham, and I I this must have been during like our um, uh, it was either uh, Rampage and Pacific Rim Uprising or one one of those shows where it's like. Well, what's the next movie we're going to talk about? Is well, well, there's the Meg, and and oh yeah, we were trying to figure out what else was coming out. Oh, that's that's right. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, dude. We uh we almost didn't watch this movie. Uh, huh? my uh my wife wasn't entirely keen on it, despite being uh um a, a bit of a Jason Statham head. We've we've watched way too many of them transporter movies. Um, but uh but yeah, no, it was it was a little bit of a hard sell, and we ended up going to uh see it because here in uh, the Seattle area, there's been uh wildfires up in Canada and in uh, Northern California, and kind of like there's like this weird convergent zone where it's Super smoky, super smoggy, um, uh, you know, to where, like, I want to say, like, last week they said, like, the uh, air quality is better in China currently than it is here in the Seattle area. So we thought, now, usually um, it's, you know, you go to the movies to get, like, some of that air conditioning and get out of the summer heat. Now, we kind of wanted... You just want some air. Yeah, yeah, we wanted just some air uh, to kind of escape from the smoke for a few, so it's like... Because uh, technology hasn't gotten to the point where we can just have canned air like they do on Spaceballs. It's Spaceballs. Air! <laughs> I can breathe. But yeah, so no, we uh, we went to go see the Meg, and I I was I was kind of medium hype for this movie. I was like, well, this looks dumb, but it it looks kind of fun. Um, and I wasn't disappointed. It's it's dumb, but it's kind of fun, and I got exactly what I was looking for out of it. You no, know, I, I was thinking on the way up here mm-hmm. because it's a dumb shark movie. We should have got. Tried to get our buddy Dave on because he loves those Sharknado movies and he's hyped for the one that's premiering oh, tonight. Oh my god! Oh, that's right, Sharknado Six, uh, the last supposedly one, the last one. But you know what? I don't buy that for a second because how many last Friday the Thirteenth have we've gotten? <laughs> well, yeah, there there was a final chapter 
and there was a final Friday. Um, so yeah. at least two, at least two. Um, no, these things make money. There's going to be a seven. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, God. for sure. Just oh, a side ahead. thing. Yeah. There are more Sharknado movies than there are Jaws movies. You know what? I'm kind of okay with that. No, it's just weird because when I think of excessive amount of shark movies or within a series, it used to be Jaws. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's interesting because I I didn't read this specifically as like a shark movie, like say like a Sharknado or a Jaws or um, yeah, maybe I just didn't pay close enough attention to the giant shark in the trailers. I I I took it more as like giant monster movie. You know, like, I, like this is Jason Statham versus versus a a, a, yeah, I, I a think we giant had, monster. I think we had different reads on the trailers because when I when I saw those trailers, like, oh, a, a shark movie that should be on sci-fi, but it's clearly got too much of a budget. <laughs> well, and it's kind of funny because I I was talking to my wife on the on the way home. She liked it way more than she was anticipating. Okay, she she was she had. Uh, bottom low expectations again like I said we almost didn't go to see it um, and she's like you know it was kind of fun and, um, and but the thing we were talking about on the way home I'm like you know I I almost would have liked it if they would have pushed it even further into the, the kind of uh, sci-fi channel type schmaltz, because again, this is kind of like a sci-fi original movie that just happens to have a pretty decent budget and some actual actors, actual actors. I mean, I mean, <laughs> this is, this is like an actual movie. Like, you know, as much as, Oh, I don't know. I, I, I keep calling back to rampage for some reason. I, I but well, I, I would compare this to, uh, Snakes on a Plane. There you go. When Snakes on a Plane was coming out, or before it came out, it was like, oh, this is going to be a dumb, dumb movie. Uh-huh. It's going to be awful. It was actually really fun. It's Yeah, it kind of okay. Um, and I and that, would... that all probably had to do with uh, Samuel L. Jackson, but still. <laughs> well, and that's what we were there for. You know, we wanted to hear him give that line. And... I'm sick of these monkey fighting snakes on this Monday, Monday to Friday plane. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, th- this was a lot of fun, and you know, I I would say uh, this is better than Snakes on a Plane. It's In- been a hot minute since I've seen Snakes on a Plane. I've so- only, I only saw it once, and I got what I needed out of it at the <laughs> time. But uh, but yeah, so so from there, I I'm not sure how uh, how we want to tackle it, what what we want to talk about, because I, I I don't know well, if uh, we well let's start with uh, did you read the book? No, but I do have a story about the book. Um, I, I remember when the book came out in paperback. It was, uh, um, it, it would have been like ninety eight, ninety nine, something. It's like that, that old. Yeah, it, it's that old because I, I didn't even know it was a book. I uh, well, and and the only reason I know this is because like um, I was uh, uh, working inventory at the time. I was working for the inventory service, and on every check stand there was a paperback copy, and it wasn't called the Meg. It was just Meg, and it was like three big letters, and it was just Meg. And you know, we we would uh. You know, as as we were counting, it's like, hey, did you get that floor stack of Meg books? Because th- when when that book came out, they pushed it pretty hard. Okay. Uh, despite really not knowing anything about it, I think a read on it at the time was maybe that it was like kind of like a low rent Jurassic Park kind of knockoff type of thing. Okay. Um, 
but yeah, and and the only reason that stuck with me for so long is because we had a coworker named Meg at the time. Okay, and it would be like, uh, oh. I know who can count this uh, this uh, uh, floor stack of the books. Hey Meg, you uh, you want to go go count that? I I was a child. It's not my fault. But right. uh, but yeah. So no, I knew of the book, um, uh, but I never read it. I never picked it up, and I didn't realize until maybe after like the trailers came out that. One somewhere along the way, it said something like based on the novel. Okay. So somewhere in in the credits for either like the TV spot or the trailer or something. And I'm like, holy shit, that's not that same book, is it? Sure enough, I you know uh, Doctor Google let me know. It's like, yeah, no, it was it was based on that novel. No, yeah, like uh, a couple weeks before release, I was just reading some forum about the movie, uh-huh. and po- people posting were talk about the book and it was like wait oh oh but no i haven't read it either <laughs> well and keep in mind it's weird it's a weird pedigree here uh cuz you know this is probably not going to be the only time we we compare this to the jaws franchise but um jaws obviously was a novel and um i i've never read that novel either um, i have read that one though uh so how uh, from kind of set me straight what i've heard is that the movie is better than the book um because like the book is like uh, quote unquote different not like different in plot but just like it doesn't capture the tone the, the I, way the movie does. no well no because i would say the book is slightly better in that it explains why the mayor is pushing for the beaches to stay open, oh, okay. like it, it goes into the the whole Amity Island being a summer resort town mm. more than the the movie did. Interesting, and, and, and there there are some subplots that got cut from the book or into the movie, like uh, Brody's wife had an affair with uh, Hooper. Really? Yeah, and and the mayor was indebted to the mob. Like, <laughs> okay. Like that stuff was cut, and the way the shark died is totally different. Right. Okay. Yeah. I, and I, also, Hooper dies, or well, he was supposed to die in the movie, but there was a mistake while filming, so they had to change it. But right. in the book, the shark uh, gets a hold of Hooper, uh-huh. and basically just pops his head out of the water and holds Hooper in his mouth, kind of like, "I got one of your buddies." <laughs> I like that. So, I mean, I mean, way, way off topic question, but do you think that there's a world that could allow for another adaptation of the original book? Not a remake of the movie, but another adaptation of Jaws. Um, it might, it probably might be a bit of a longer movie, though. Yeah, I mean, maybe do it like a like a HBO miniseries or something, like oh. like like a like a six episode thing or something. Oh, like that? Then yeah, you could probably get away with doing a a more faithful book adaptation. Yeah. Because I mean, the the things that you're describing sound pretty cool, and it, and it sounds like that would add uh, texture to the story. Um, and yeah, compared to the book, the movie has a very simplistic plot. Yeah. It's very straightforward, and I think that's why it 
was the the prototype of a successful summer blockbuster. That's why it's regarded as the first summer blockbuster because it's a relatively it, it is the first summer blockbuster. Right, right. That's that's why I meant it's like but but I uh, I, I may have said it wrong, but like it. it well, you it, said regarded, it, so I was. Oh, it, it set the blueprint. It's like it yeah. was the first one, and it, here's why: because it's a simplistic plot that's that's exciting and engaging and thrilling and all of that other stuff. But yeah, it's pretty, pretty. Uh, I I don't dumb's the wrong word, but I mean it, it's straightforward. Yeah. So, um, speaking of straightforward, uh huh. Get back to Meg. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh. Th- movies seems to be doing all right financially it mm-hmm. it had a budget of 130 million uh it's so far it's made 83 million domestic but it's made 230 million worldwide or yeah. or in the everywhere else and that does not surprise me because you know what the thing i was thinking about watching this movie you know who this audience is for, right? I mean, you see several uh, Chinese companies with with logos at the beginning of the movie, and as the plot plays out, there's not a uh, aside from uh, Rain Wilson's billionaire character, there's not a goddamn thing American about this. It doesn't take place anywhere close to America, and I, I remember even like you know when the movie gets gets it deep into it and it's like oh well you know we've we've alerted the chinese authorities and the australian authorities nobody mentions a goddamn well, thing about Well it's America. funny you bring that up cuz i'm looking at the uh, wikipedia page mm-hmm. and uh in that little sidebar where it's got like music by cinematography and all that stuff it, yeah, yeah. It, this country it says united states and china and i don't know if that means like where it was filmed or See, I I thought, and I don't have it in front of me, and I didn't do the research, but I thought I had heard it was filmed like in like New Zealand, um, Australia, you know, uh, Southern Hemisphere uh, uh, type. type. I'm looking at something else, and it's kind of odd because they don't really do this this much, but uh, the United States and China had the same release date. Oh, that is interesting. Because, yeah. yeah, Usually China gets stuff uh, at least almost a month after us. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's that's, but I mean, this is definitely um, a movie for international audiences. I mean, it, it it reminds me of Pacific Rim in that that you know, it's except that the Meg is doing better domestically than than the first Pacific Rim did. But yeah, I mean, this is this is definitely uh, catering to international audiences, and I'm kind of okay with that. No, it's fine as long as it's good. Yeah, and. And, I mean, those Transformers movies cater oh. to an international audience, or, or at least a Chinese audience, and they're not good. Yeah, they they're they're not good. I I am cautiously hopeful for that Bumblebee movie because I think like the tone might be okay, uh, but I I I don't want to get a uh, sidetracked on that because I know I totally will. But it's um, you know, it, it's a um, well, I, I was gonna say it's not necessarily an international cast, um. Because, uh, yeah. Well, I, the word's overused, but I would say it's a diverse cast. That's, you know, and I, I was I was hunting and pecking for a better word also. But, yeah, that's, but it, it's true, though, you know, that. that well, it's diverse in a good way. Yeah. It's not like it's uh, diversity for the sake of diversity. At least, I, at least I didn't get that impression from the movie. Right. It just felt, it was like, okay, this actor will fit the role, this actor will fit, blah, blah, blah. 
and maybe they're that's how they're these characters are described in the book could be well and it's interesting because i saw well, that and it does take place in international or uh over in the the east side of the or not the east the west side of the pacific ocean right so well it's it makes it, more sense to have a bit more diverse cast mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you know i mean that becomes a plot point at some point you know where like jason satham is getting in the face of the doctor guy he's like we're in international waters I, I oh no you. that was that was like i could punch you and i get away with it yeah and, and i kind of like that i mean um you know uh statham is fun here you know basically playing jason statham but um yeah i, I overall i like this cast yeah, yeah. I mean the the um, the only weak link I would say is maybe the uh, black guy because he he kind of kind of worked my nerve towards the end as because he was fine at the beginning, but like once his character kind of started freaking out a little bit, I was he just like, he was playing the stereotypical scared guy. Yeah, and for I, like a better phrase, like like that uh, that that nerd in Fallen Kingdom. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. But I mean, I I thought Rain Wilson was really good as kind of like you know a a, a Bezos type uh, type person, um, and and again the the uh, uh, Chinese actors were all all really good. And and the person that really kind of um, you know it, it's funny, and maybe this is I I I I was thinking. That you know, based upon the trailers, where like the the lead actress has a lot that she sang, and I've seen this like you talk about like these Transformer movies, where like somebody that that English isn't their first language, but they're uh, a lead character, and they have to do a lot of speaking, especially like exposition and stuff, like you hear in that trailer. I was I was deathly afraid that this was going to become language barrier the movie. And it really didn't. Um, and the oh, you're uh, talking about uh, Lee Bing Bing, yeah, yeah. yeah I um, and I don't know if she's uh, related to Fan Bing Bing, who is in them X Men movies. Uh, uh, but I I don't know about that. But I don't know. but the uh, but the the um, the actor that that really kind of blew me away the most was the uh, was the little girl. Yeah, I was gonna say she's probably my favorite of the characters. Yeah, like she-, I'm, she was great. And and for a character that and constantly calling Jason cr- crazy, I like. Or was that. it crazy or just Mister crazy. crazy? Okay, uh, just yeah, j- yeah, just crazy as 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 a as a as a noun. And I mean, her interaction with him was really good. Her interaction with uh, um, uh, the other lady was really good, and it was and and it, and it felt kind of genuine. It, mm-hmm. it, because I mean, um, I I don't know what's happened in current times but uh child actors are kind of terrible um you know it's like i i can't think of the last time um where you know i'm watching a movie and i'm like you know what that's a damn fine child actor well now i'm kind of concerned because the good ones are the ones that stay acting and they just have horrible adult lives (laughs) oh yeah like uh you know like like the uh corys of the world and 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 uh uh, well, I don't know. I mean, Drew Barrymore seems to be doing okay for herself now. In uh, in uh, but they also run in, into like hard times, super hard times, and it's just like, oh, I feel bad for, I feel bad for this kid. Well, and I I feel bad for them, uh, uh, Stranger Things kids, because you know that's 
from again, neither one of us watches the show, but apparently the the actors on Stranger Things are quite good. And I wonder if, yeah, those those folks, how long it's going to be before they they get to we start seeing their mug shots. Yikes. Um, But uh, um, but yeah, I mean, like like the the main actress in uh, Stranger Things, I don't remember. uh, Millie Bobby Brown, I think, is is her name. She's in that new Godzilla. She's she's, oh okay. She she's the the a uh, young person uh featured oh, in the in the very beginning of the trailer in the very beginning in, oh, okay. in, in that trailer and that calls a uh, Vera Farmiga a, a monster at one point. Okay. Um great trailer by the way. I uh um I I was glad that I was able to see that uh on the big street. We we saw it in XD. So like it just happened to be the the screening that was available for when uh, Oh, you bitch. Yeah, and and it, I didn't get to see that trailer on, on the big screen. Uh yeah, and it uh, it doesn't disappoint. Uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters. That's that's gonna be uh, that's gonna be pretty awesome. Yeah. But I I had to sneak that in, and I found a I found a segue for it. So yeah. So uh, what do you think of the the uh, the effects for the shark? Quite good, really yeah. quite good. Um, I mean, obviously it's a CG cartoon, and and there's a lot of there's a lot of CG in this movie, but it's it's not bad. No, no, it's definitely not like those uh, straight DVD shark movies where, or or especially those Sharknado movies where the sharks are just blatantly CG. Yeah, yeah, it, you know, <laughs> or, or even like you know Deep Blue Sea or something like that where it's you know I mean they're they're pretty darn rubbery. And no, I I thought I thought the uh, um, shark effects were really quite good. All the creature effects were uh, uh, were pretty good. Um, I liked the the practical stuff with uh, with the subs and the ships. Even even though that that one uh, uh, the one pod thing looked like a Naboo starfighter <laughs> that you know like the, oh the, the, the ones yell- the, the ones they use at the end yeah the bubble um, oh the, the, yeah the yeah they, they do look like that don't they if uh, if if we were if we were going to actually go through the plot that that was my joke that i had in my hip pocket it was like oh yeah and then she gets into that naboo starfighter and uh, and goes down after to try to try to rescue the uh uh the folks but um so you uh you like the effects okay yeah the the only one that seemed off was like the uh the squid yeah yeah i i, I could see like that. they weren't bad but it's just kind of like they looked weird yeah, a little a little off as uh as we mentioned. And, um, uh, well, that's all really I had for special effects. Cause I thought I, otherwise, I thought it was fine. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 again, the uh, uh, the sub stuff was was totally fine. Um, a gripe I do have is like some of the kills were predictable. Yeah, like the uh, the. The big fat dude with the beard and the uh, <laughs> and the long hair. Yeah, uh, like when he gets scared or. Somebody scares him. Well, I, we should probably set this up. They, they think they killed the Meg. Right. Well, they killed a Meg, but they think they got the one. Right. And they have it uh, hooked up on the boat. I'm kind of surprised the crane's not collapsing under the weight of holding the shark up. No kidding, because even though it was a smaller shark, still pretty big. Yeah. So basically. Somebody messes with the crane hook and makes the shark body move, and it scares the crap out of the fat dude. He falls mm-hmm. into the water, mm-hmm. and they're just they're just laughing at each other, just cracking jokes. Mm-hmm. Just out of nowhere, a bigger Meg 
jumps out of the water with the dude in his mouth. Yeah. And then gobbles up the smaller Meg. Yeah. And, and as a result, tips over the boat. See, and I, <laughs> even even though that was completely predictable, and, and really there's very little in this movie, you know, kill-wise uh, kill or plot-wise, very little that isn't predictable. But that's okay because it's, you know, I, I, uh, I, I chuckled um, happily during that whole sequence because... Not only do you get a kill, but then it kicks off the whole next arm of the plot. Where, well, I, where I guess that one kind the- of bothered me more. Not so much it was because you know there's another Meg. Like that wasn't the the only Meg. Yeah, because they were they weren't even halfway through the movie. I don't think. Right, and I I didn't think to keep track of that, but I I actually thought. I mean, again, it was all very predictable. But I thought, oh, it's not dead. You know, like, and then it, then it's gonna. Oh, like it just wakes up and starts thrashing about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought it was just gonna gobble him up at, at that point, and then maybe get the reveal of the of the other larger Meg. But, um, but no, I, I, um, it, it had. I, I want to say the the. Um, it was a little slow at first, but I think like it had just about the right amount of body count. You know, like once once the kills started racking oh, up. Well, once it showed up to that uh that crowded beach, then it's like it just starts gobbling up people. Well, and that <laughs> was the thing too. I and and you know, on on one hand, I I was satisfied with the the amount of character kill count because mm-hmm. like you know, once people start getting crossed off, they're they're actually characters at that point. You know, like like the like the doctor guy and stuff. It's like you know, it's like you know. You you actually take the time to set up characters so that when you do inevitably cross them off, it actually has some value. But I I needed I needed a higher body count in that in that beach. I wanted to, and I think I talked about this when we talked about uh, Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom, where like the 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 mosasaur uh, comes out at the end. I I need to see like tons and tons of people just. Falling and tumbling into a mouth right, like right before it okay. closes or something. I I needed to see them kids dead, um, and but, yeah. But, now that you mentioned, I'm kind of surprised we didn't have a moment with the megalodon where it's acting like one a whale where it's just opening its mouth and letting food come in its mouth. That's what I wanted to see. Um, and yeah, I I guess that is more whale like than than shark like. Um, but it's just the people are so small. It's like it doesn't need to bite them. It just yeah. opens its mouth and lets them f- flow in. That that's why I will like, and that's that's why I called to that scene in Fallen Kingdom because I thought it would have been just cool, just you know, open up the mouth and just you know, gobble up those surfers along that well, wave. I thought I, I think the mosasaur in that movie is smaller than the megalodon in yeah. in, in this movie. I, but I, I don't know if it could do that. Yeah, I have physics. That's fine, um, but uh, but speaking of a whale, we we got a pretty good whale kill in there. <laughs> I I liked that scene. That, that was funny. I mean, again, you could see it a mile away. You knew what was gonna yeah, happen. Yeah. So uh, the uh, oh, which actor? Who was oh, Rain actor? Rain Wilson from from the Office. Yeah. So plays this uh, Billy Wilson. Guy. Wilson. He's like he's in charge of this operate this uh, research station. Yeah. And I guess he wants to avoid. Uh, bad publicity by calling the country authorities. Yeah, so he he tells everybody, okay, we're getting out of here. We've we've called the authorities. It's not our problem anymore. Let's all just go home. 
And actually, that was a pretty good speech from him, too. Nice nice bit of acting and kind of character yeah. arc there. And then cut to <laughs> later in the evening, him and some mer- some mercs are, oh, yeah. are out on a boat and helicopter, and they're tracking the shark. They're going to kill it. Yeah, with, with these cartoonish bundles of explosives. <laughs> yeah, like the, they're like mini death charges or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And so they, they, they kill some big animal that... They think is the Meg. Yeah, it's dead. Hit it again. <laughs> and, and they get get up to it. It's like, I think we killed a whale. <laughs> whale chunks everywhere. And, and... W- with blood in the water, uh-huh. that obviously attra- attracts the Megalodon. Yep. So the boat's just like, oh, fuck this. <laughs> Jets off, and Wilson just, because of the uh, this acceleration of the boat, he just... Falls off the, the yeah, back. Flies off the back and 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 manages to to tread water and pull himself up to the now thoroughly exploded whale. I like that he's all you know climbing up through the through the viscera and all that. And uh, and he, he does the whole. Oh, I made it! I made it dead. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I I would have liked to have seen a. I I wonder if it was a thing with the ratings board or something. I would have liked to have seen a little more of his arm left over. It was a PG thirteen movie. So I don't think they could get away with that. Yeah. Okay. But I did notice that because a lot a of hand. the gore and violence, it was uh, more animal related. Yeah. It. You know what? Honestly, I I'm okay with that because like this is a movie that doesn't need to be rated R. Well. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if this happened during your screen, but there were a lot of kids and mine. You know, during uh during my screening, there was there was like nobody there. Oh, there, okay. was, there was like maybe two other couples. Now, granted, this was on a Wednesday in the middle of the afternoon. We, we but it's summer. That's true, and you well because I think everything everybody was going to see like you know big rich Asians or whatever the hell. But no, there was like like a kid summer camp where there was like I want to say it, no joke like three dozen. Uh, school age kids with the, all with like matching t-shirts and stuff and they were they were there to see something I don't know what's there for the kiddies now but um uh but yeah no I mean there there was there was a lot of kids there but they were not seeing the mag um uh but yeah no it was uh yeah it was it was it was kind of a uh um uh not well seen <laughs> screening but but anyway you were saying there was a lot of kids in in your showing yeah so i don't think if it was r maybe you'd get as many people cuz i imagine there's some appeal to children to see a a giant shark movie absolutely well in i mean when i i saw jaws when i was like 6 or 7 and it mm-hmm. created a shark obsession after that so gotcha i there yeah, I'm just rambling. There, there is no, an appeal right. for, for sh- kids to see and sharks. Yeah, I and I think this it, it's the appropriate rating for the right type of audience. I mean that there's because I mean if you lean into it too hard and make it too adult, I think that would make it off-putting. I I think you need kind of that. Um, oh, how, now I'm rambling. Uh, kind of cartoony level of of. Uh, violence. I mean, again, like I, I would compare it to Jurassic Park in in the way that that violence is is portrayed. You know, you see a lot of people get eaten, but you don't necessarily. I mean, unless it's like say like the shiffening in a in a, a Lost World where where dude gets torn in half, but but or even the uh, jaw. Well, 
I was thinking about Jaws' violence, and it's much more uh, violent than this movie. Absolutely. Yeah, it was rated PG in 1975. Well, and that was the thing. I think that's your answer. It was 1975. No, it's just funny now, thinking about it now. It's like, Jaws is rated PG, Mm -hmm. but it's super violent for a PG movie. And it's just because there was no PG-13 at the time. Yeah, they they hadn't invented it yet. I mean, you know, Red Dawn was still like 10 years away. Um, and I think that was the first PG-13 movie, right. if I but, remember uh, correctly. But Speaking of Jaws, yeah, there's a good chunk of Jaws references in this movie. Yeah. Um, and, and before you get into that, because uh, we probably won't come back to it, I uh, um, completely coincidentally, um, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm reading a book. I just started it about the uh, USS Indianapolis. Um, that, that was the uh, 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 cruiser in World War II that uh, Quint, talks about yeah and and i uh at at my work we had on the authors of this book about the indianapolis on and i i just started getting into the book and it's uh it's fascinating about like the you know real history of this uh you know this this i mean i feel bad for these poor bastards i'm surprised any of them actually came home because basically they they got their ship got sunk in the middle of the night and you know uh uh jumping ahead through all these other misfortunes and calamities they had. Yeah. Basically, you know, suffer this, uh, a tremendously terrible, uh, shark attack where, you know, anybody that didn't die from exposure or their injuries basically got, you know, got, uh, taken out by sharks. But, um, it, yeah, I just thought that was that weird thing where like, you know, uh, we're watching this uh, shark movie and it just happened to be around the same time that, that this thing at, at work happened. But um, yeah, it's just, uh, it's called Indianapolis and yeah, it's um, anyway, uh, highly recommended, but you, uh, you had some uh, uh, Jaws references well, that I only you caught, to go through. I only caught three. Oh, okay. I'm sure there's a lot more. Oh, I'm sure. But uh, the first one I caught was the, uh, the shark cage scene mm-hmm. where uh, mm-hmm. Lee is trying to stab the shark with the, uh, the poison, uh, spear yeah <laughs> unlike cooper she's successful in stabbing the shark mm-hmm. but it's the same premise like we got we're gonna try to poison it to but we have to either stab it in the mouth or the gills because the skin's too thick right so same setup mm-hmm. uh different results obviously but uh I'll, uh and uh you know that that little tiny dog yeah oh it, pippin yes <laughs> that's the same name as the black lab in jaws Holy shit! I didn't know that. This tells you how long it's been since I've watched Jaws. It's it's been uh, at least two digits worth of years yes, but, since I've watched. But it. unlike uh, the Black Lab, this little dog uh, makes it. Uh huh. And you know, I'll be honest with you. I think that's one of the things that sold my wife on it. Where like she's like, "Is he okay?" I'm like, "Probably not." <laughs> and uh, and yeah, sure enough, a uh, little Pippin survives to the end of the movie and. You know, I, I like that whole sequence, actually. It was like, yeah. oh, you know, I mean, totally fine, totally fun. Oh, you ruined my wedding. Blah, yeah, blah, blah. I got a good laugh out of that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, just, I mean, again, it's it's dumb, but it's fun. And, yeah, I... Oh, mm. while we're on that, that whole little sequence... Sure. I love the... the uh, the dude that was running around that inflatable uh, hamster ball. Yes. The I shark would... just bites it and it's just pop. Like a loud pop. Yeah, well, and that dude was obnoxious, too, because he's, like, you know, going over people. and uh, Well, he's yeah. trying to escape, so what do you want him to do? Well, no, I, I thought, like, earlier in, in the sequence, they, they kind of showed him, like, you um, know, he was, like, bumping into people and, 
Oh, if he was, I don't remember. Yeah, maybe I'm making that up too. But uh, but that that was that was one of those ones where it's like, yeah, you go megalodon, <laughs> you know, yeah, you. And th- yeah, that's that whole sequence is like you're rooting for the shark to kill as many people as you can, it can. Yep, and and again, I I hate to bring it back around, but it reminds me of uh um what I dug about uh, Jurassic World, the first one. Where where like the the Indominus is just taking out all these mercenaries and stuff and and later on in, yeah. in the park and anyway so I, and, uh, the, but but it was that same type of thing it's like yeah I'm rooting for the uh, rooting for the monster here well and the third one that I caught I it was like the kid with the inflatable raft yeah like, like there was a kid with an inflatable raft who got eaten by the shark in Jaws right he was, he was, they're both nagging their mom about going in the water to swim yep. But uh, the fat kid in the Meg, uh, he, he was bunched up with a, a bunch of other swimmers. Like the Meg was swimming towards him, he was gonna swallow them all of them up. Right. But but then the our heroes they use a whale call to yeah call the shark over to them. So the, the fat kid lived. You know, and I was kind of okay well, with that. It was, it was really funny too, because as soon as the shark swam away, he went right back to eating his popsicle. <laughs> I know, right? he, was like, he was out there with a popsicle the whole time. It was Some, just like somehow that popsicle survived, and yeah, and 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 narratively that kind of worked out because that that kid becomes like your POV character. You know, it's like you know you have somebody to kind of be there with, and and I, I was kind of okay with that. It, again, this is because of like little stuff like that. It's like again, this is like actually a movie. And and again, I think that was the thing that kind of surprised me about it the most. Um, let's see, what else did we want to talk about? Um, well, I want to talk okay. about the shark's death. You beat me to it. I was going to say, it's like, yeah, I want to kind of talk about the ending a little bit. So, Jason and Lee, they're, they're both using their uh, Naboo ships to <laughs> try to bomb the or shoot the shark with, uh, what were they, torpedoes? or? Uh, there were some kind of ill-defined missiles. Yeah, but, Jason's ship got uh, broken up, and Lee had to go save her daughter and one of the other characters. Right. right. So Jason used his... Well, he was maneuvering around it, and he used the busted-up part of his ship to gut the Megalodon. Yeah. That alone should have killed it. Yeah. But no, he gets out of it and stabs the shark in the eye with a poison spear. Yeah. That should have killed it. <laughs> Then all the blood attracts a, a ridiculous amount of sharks and it starts a feeding frenzy. Yeah. A and car- that kills the shark. A cartoonish level of shark. The, that that part right there with all those sharks coming in to sa- essentially save the day. Yeah. It reminded me so much of the eagles from uh, The Return of the King. Yeah. Just, it's like, where the fuck were these assholes? <laughs> coming in out of nowhere to save the day after... The deed's been done. Right. <laughs> they they needed that 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 meg blood. You know, they they must know or something. They're like, "Oh man, this is this is right tasty." I mean, it looked delicious. It was like it was like Hawaiian punch in in uh in the in the shallows there. And and I wonder after the uh uh the the rescue sharks were satiated if they would have turned their attention to all those knuckleheads still uh, well, still at the beach. Well, in the context of this movie, probably, but if they were yeah. acting like real sharks, no, they would have gotten their fill from the Megalodon and then gone their merry way. Yeah. 
Yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, it, but I, I did, I, I liked that goofy shot of the one shark flying out, or, or flying, Jesus, uh, swimming out of the uh, out of the megalodon's mouth after it was oh, yeah. like, super dead. Because, like, basically to illustrate that they were, like, you know, all up in that business, getting in on some of that sweet, uh, sweet One magnate. of them ate their way into the megalodon's digestive tract and swam its way yeah. back out. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I'm just I'm just chuckling through all that because I I was just like you, I mean, I I love that it was just so thorough overkill just to yeah, that, make that megalodon got it hard, <laughs> super dead, super dead, and it's it's interesting again like the the movie kind of slow rolls it at the beginning, but once it gets going, then it then it. You know we're we're off to the races and and it's yeah it's all just body count and and fun uh, shark stuff. It's um it was a lot of fun, but I think based upon the uh, uh, the trailer, you know where you know we're playing uh, you know uh, beyond the sea. I think I was expecting a Sharknado level of cartoonness, and I think I was pleasantly surprised that it wasn't that. But there's part of me now that we've seen this type of movie with this type of budget and being successful. I wonder well, now if well, I, I think there's more than one or or the uh, those megalodon that megalodon novel. I think it got sequels. Oh really? Oh, I may have to look into that. And oh. you know, I I I've seen people on Twitter being shitty about it, saying like, oh well, you know, it doesn't follow the book. Blah blah blah. Um, oh I, yeah, it's got sequels. Oh man. You know what? Well, the movie doesn't set up a sequel, but nah. it does sort of because of the whole uh, that whole underwater part that's trapped under a cloud of uh, dust or whatever. Yeah, it, it was like this so, thermal layer or something. So there like could that. be mo- there could be more megalodons in that. So basically, it, it ha- there has to be more because how, how could they possibly survive so many millions of years without reproducing? Right. You know, and and I kind of like that. You know, I I like that it's a um, soft sequel setup. You know, to where it's like a take it or leave it type of thing. I I didn't realize this until we were talking, but this is basically Pacific Rim, because you know it's like instead of a dimensional rift, it's you know it's a oh it, yeah. it, it's 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 a layer of warm water. <laughs> but uh, something I was thinking about, you know, what would have made things so much easier for our heroes. What's that? It was instead of hiring Jason to save the day, yeah. if they've got Peter Griffin. Yes. Shut up, Meg. <laughs> just tell the shark to shut up, and it would just go go back to its room. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was that was pretty good. I like that. Um, let's see. Any uh, any other thoughts on on the Meg? Um. No, that's it. Okay. Uh, I, I was kind of trying to keep the door open so that you could play all of your audios. That's all I had. <laughs> okay, very good. Uh, uh, one thing is kind of like a segue as we move into the lightning round of uh, uh, topics that we're going to run through very quickly before uh, before we get out of here. Um, uh, one of the the uh, we we talked about the cast earlier, but one of the the of. Uh, uh, Ruby Rose is in, in this movie and she's going to be playing uh, he, she, I, I don't know um, will be, uh, we'll be playing uh, Batwoman 
on the the CW on, universe on the, or whatever they call it on the C dub. I don't know what they call this dumb universe. Like I've heard it called like the Arrowverse because basically the, the Green Arrow started the it. Green Arrow show started it. But I I I don't know what they call it. I don't really care. Um, I'm I have not watched any of those shows. Are any of them actually good or no? I okay. mean we uh. We hung with uh, Supergirl for a season, um, kind of liked it, and really the only reason we jumped off is because there there was like some weird scheduling stuff with like a crossover thing, and suddenly we jump into an episode that's like part four of like a crossover, and like the Flash is there, and like the arrows. I'm like, I'm not here for any of this, and um, and yeah, so we just jumped off of it, and there's no reason for us to jump back on. I mean, it was solid. It was fun. Don't watch Flash. Don't watch Arrow. Uh, don't watch. Uh, oh, what the fuck else? The 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 Legends of Tomorrow or Black Lightning. I mean, it's it it's C W it's C W fair. Okay. So it's you know it, it it's teen angst from the people that like it really like it. So and from what I understand, there's a lot that's faithful to the books in a lot of ways. So I, I can't I can't piss on it for that. Well, which books? There's so many goddamn uh, variations of the comics. It's like it's true. It's true. And so many reboots. It's like uh, which which one do I need to read to know if this is faithful? <laughs> true, fair enough. And 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 the reason why I wanted to start with uh, Ruby Rose because like part part of the um uh the, in the lightning round it's going to be uh outrage culture. <laughs> uh, oh yes, uh, concerning round. actors playing roles. Yes. Well, what brought this up for me was the rumor that uh, Idris Elba might be playing James Bond. Mm -hmm. I don't know if this is actually being something taking or in serious consideration, or if it's just rumor for the sake of rumor. It's well, it started off as rumor for the sake of rumor, but now like it's got legs. It's it's starting to get legs, and um. I, uh, with, with the time that we have, I, I can't speak to it to the depth that I would like. Right. Um, I, I'm not necessarily in support of it if it's a, uh, a continuation of the current line. Like if somehow he's going to transform from Daniel Craig into Idris Elba, like, like he's Doctor Who, then I'm not in support of that. Yeah, because well, I've never read the books, but... I was under the impression that at one point James Bond was just a code name. Uh, but not... Skyfall changed that entirely because yeah, it, it established Bond is his real name. Yeah, and 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 with Skyfall, it establishes a lot of things that if you're going to stick to that continuity, then you got to stick to it. But uh, um, I, I'm kind of in the same boat as you, not being totally down with Elba being Bond. See, but I... but it's more because. Well, it's not so much about Elba, but it's just the fact that the Daniel Craig era Bond just put me off of James Bond so much. Interesting. It, 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 they I... felt less like James Bond movies like uh, Sean Connery or Roger Moore or Pierce Brosnan. and th- They felt more like uh, Jason Bourne movies. Yeah, there's a they lot felt, of that. They're, they're just way too serious for my liking. Yeah, you know, and it sounds like um, depending upon how much traction this continues to get, I'd, I'd really like to explore this further and, and do some more well, I, um, unpacking. Well, if they do cast them, we can come back to it. Yeah, exactly. I, I like that. But, uh, uh, but the, the one thing I wanted to mention on it is like if they had um, if it was 2006 
and we were going to do a reboot, kind of like what Casino Royale was supposed to be with Daniel Craig, and you'd go Idris Elba at that point, would have totally supported it. I, I would have been totally cool with it. I'd be fine if it was kind of like in that universe, but he was just playing a different double O agent. Exactly. And, you know, it's like... Because um, I'd rather there be new a new character. That, that'd be something to, interesting to, to yeah, explore. Yeah, and, and, that, and that's what... The the weird thing about I don't know if this connects to outrage culture or not, but I I find myself kind of frustrated that the solution anymore is to change um, certain characters, you know, uh, either gender flip them or um, or do a, a ethnic swap uh, it, and just it, for the sake of it. That's the diversity for for diversity's sake issue. Yeah, see that and, comics are going or have been going through. And that, and and that's what I'm not a fan of. Um, you know, so like, I mean, I I really enjoy Idris Elba as as an actor, and I would love to see him play a character in this universe, or you know, give him his own movies or something like that. But you don't have to call him James Bond. Um, right. and and I think that's the case in so many of these other things where it's like, you know, I I I had some examples off the top of my head, but I I'm kind of well. What I'm interesting. Yeah. Would be interested to see. It. Let's say Elba does get cast. Sure. Well, the people who were outraged at Scarlett Johansson, The Rock, and Ruby Rose mm-hmm. for their castings, and I'll I'll get into specifics in a second. Will they treat Elba the same way, or will he get a pass? Ooh, that's a good question. Because uh, with Scarlett Johansson, uh, not only did you have the Ghost in the Shell outrage, <laughs> but uh, she was set to play the title or the main role in. Uh, a movie called Rub and Tug. Rub and Tug, the the most unfortunately titled movie but ever. I all I know about is that she was going to play some transgender person. I beyond that, I don't know what. Right. But the outrage was she shouldn't be playing that role. It should go to a transgendered person. Yeah. And she ended up dropping out of it. So in all likelihood, that movie's probably not going to get made because you you cut the 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 star mm-hmm. and. Hollywood still, uh, like this only, uh, this doesn't apply to, uh, set, uh, franchises like Star Wars uh-huh. where you can get away with casting nobodies. Right. They want, or these Hollywood producers and whatnot, they're putting a lot of money into these movies. Mm-hmm. They want to return. So they're going to, they want to put a big name star that people will want to go see. Yeah, I mean, Joe Hansen's one of those actresses right now. Absolutely. And it's not all that dissimilar to Ghost in the Shell. You know, like when we were talking about. Yeah, Ghost in the Shell would never have gotten made if they casted a nobody. Exactly. Or or tried to get a nobody. Mm hmm. mm -hmm. And and it's it's weird how those are really kind of parallel movies. Uh, I I, uh, I never thought I would have said that out loud that, you know, Rub and Tug and uh, and Ghost in the (laughs) Shell are are kind of parallel movies. But But, uh, The Rock got flack for Skyscraper because he's not a real amputee. And Ruby Rose is getting flack because uh, I guess the current version of Batwoman is Jewish. I guess Ruby's not Jewish. Right. And this made me laugh so bad. Uh, I guess Ruby's not gay enough. Oh, Jesus. Because I wish I pulled the tweets up because she she reacted to that one. She got kind of pissed. Yeah. Because like I came out at the age of 12 and I've been getting accused of being too gay. Where does this come from? Yeah, and that's one of those things. And 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 I I don't know much about Ruby Rose, but she's kind of like 
uh, interesting, for lack of a better word, because like she, uh, um, so I, I, I didn't know who she was until uh, Meg. Oh, really? Okay, because like what what put her on my radar was uh, she's in John Wick Two. She's, was she? Well, she's the the number two, the person that that does a uh, sign language, that that just speaks in sign. Oh, she's mute. I must have. Totally missed that then. Yeah. But and, I did see that movie. I just don't remember her. Yeah, and, and she's kind of cool in that for being a, a mute character that's kind of, that that's badass. And well, all that. if that but, movie was made today, she would have gotten flack for not being mute. <laughs> You're not wrong. And uh, so, yeah, but like, so, and again, maybe I'm, I'm speaking out of ignorance, but um, I, I think she under, she identifies as gender neutral or gender fluid or oh, something. I think that's what started because she publicly... Identifies gender fluid, whereas Batwoman is, is identifies as a lesbian. Is lesbians very lesbian? In fact, that's a that that's a huge component of that that character, and actually kind of well that current version because I've read that I think it was like 2003 or something uh-huh. like that's that's when they changed or DC changed Batwoman into being a homosexual. Yeah, and it was um and, and Batwoman is a really cool character, and she's a so she's not Batgirl. Batgirl is a completely different character. Okay. So like, yeah. So it's so Batwoman isn't like Batgirl grown up. So like Barbara Gordon, uh, you know the 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 red haired uh, Batgirl is still Batgirl and always has until been. she got shot in the back. Right. And <laughs> and then and then miraculously healed and is Batgirl again. That that's a different thing for a different day. Okay. But um. So yeah. So uh, Batwoman is a um ex army ranger. And has a, so has a, a very military background. Um, came into vigilantism in a very similar way that Batman kind of did. Um, but yeah, you know her, you know her her faith and her sexuality and stuff has always been on Front Street as part of her character. And it's basically, uh, I I I hope this doesn't sound disparaging. But she's kind of written almost like uh, with male traits, you know, in that like, you know, she's, you know, involved in like, you know, love triangles and, you know, uh, you know, the and, you know, her relationships drive yeah. her character. And um, but what I don't get is like, we'll stick with we'll focus on Ruby Rose since we're talking Batwoman. But yeah, she's an actress. Yes. Act, actors and actresses, they they take on roles that aren't really them. I mean, do we get mad at, uh, say, Tom Hanks, for example, for not being a World War II vet? <laughs> or, you know, get, um, uh, his Oscar-winning role in Philadelphia. You know, where where was the outrage then? Or, if, or, if they had made Philadelphia now, it's like Tom Hanks not gay enough for this role. Or it, Tom Hanks not mentally challenged enough for... Uh, Forrest Gump, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and and that's that's the part of outrage culture that I don't understand. Well, it's it's identity politics, and it's just... Okay. It just ruins things. I mean, they're like I said, they're they're just they're actors playing roles. They don't. It's okay for them to play something they're not in real life. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the idea. Gotcha. So I mean, and not for nothing, you know, to swing it back around to Scarlett Johansson, I I would totally watch the Scarlett Johansson uh, Harriet Tubman biopic. <laughs> <laughs> that was a meme that was going around like right about the time she dropped out of Rub and Tug. Suddenly. All the memes were out of control. It's oh, like, there was one where it's like the outrage over her playing one of the worms in Dune. Yes, <laughs> I saw that. That was, uh, and that's I just I I don't I don't understand how we got here. Meaning, like as like a culture to where like 
Um, you know, you've mentioned diversity for diversity's sake um, and, you know, identity politics and outrage culture. And I yeah. W- at what point is it mandatory for somebody that is doing a performance to, you know, be that thing that they're they're performing? I'm not. I, it, it, it's it, been around, but it, it's definitely picked up steam in the in recent years. Is it is it just because we're straight white dudes that we just can't get behind this? Because I mean, that that's... no, no. There's plenty of straight white dudes that are totally on the uh, whole out on the side of outrage culture. But it, I think we're just thinking rationally. Oh, okay, okay. Because I I do you know it happens so much, and yeah, you, you know, uh, especially with like a lot of the virtue signaling. And but that, stuff. that's another thing. Most of this virtue signaling crap comes from straight white dudes. Exactly. Yeah, and that's so it. As somebody that's as as people that are that are rational, it it makes me confused in that like, am I missing something? It, am am I secretly wrong? And I just think we went to under- college too early. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I I think I think that's it because I mean I you you hit the nail on the head earlier when we were talking about the um uh organic diversity in the cast of the Meg. You know, like it's a diverse cast because the the setting and circumstances make it make sense. Um it's and 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 I I think that's I think that's where where that kind of gets left is like I'm I am all for diversity and inclusion. I mean I as long as it's organic. If it's something to where we want Idris Elba to be James Bond because we think that James Bond should be somebody that's not a straight white guy, as opposed to I want Idris Elba to be James Bond because he's an awesome actor and I think he would be cool in the role. That's 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 where I think folks are getting confused and and I don't know I I, I get confused. Yeah. Um, so as a, as we close out, it looks like we have uh, um, a couple few minutes left on the clock before you get to uh, uh, before you run and go watch uh, uh, SummerSlam. Uh, what's the deal with Doom Eternal? Well, yeah, since we're on outrage culture, we could probably close out on that one uh-huh. since it's relatively recent. Uh, I've, yeah, it was at this year's QuakeCon. Uh, okay. ID Software unveiled gameplay footage for the next Doom game, Doom Eternal. Mm-hmm. It, which is basically, it looks like it's just going to be a remake of Doom 2. Oh, okay. Like, hell invading Earth. All oh, that good sure. shit. Sure. There's outrage over some jokes that were made during the during the footage. Uh-huh. Like, from the game itself. There's, as Doom guy's making his way through the level, there's uh, this, com- this weird computer hologram of a person who's kind of, what? More or like, more or less doing public service announcements, stuff like that. Oh, okay. So, and, so it's so it's not like an AI thing, or something. Well, I, I, I don't know. Oh, okay. Just because all that that little footage doesn't really give me enough information. Gotcha. So I'm I'm just going out. Uh, I'm making assumptions here. Okay. But anyway, it it makes some line. It has some li- lines of dialogue. Uh-huh. Uh, a couple. One of them's kind of. I thought it was mundane. Like, mm-hmm. It didn't mean anything. Uh. uh my brothers and sisters, let's help to make our friends' transition into our world a comfortable one. 
I assumed that that was that was just referring to Doom Guy, because at this point or during the footage, like the demons have already invaded. Yeah. But, so I just assumed that they were like this was referring to Doom Guy. Let's make his transition into this new demon world a comfortable one. Mm, okay. The ones that got flack is <laughs> like remember, demon can be an offensive term. Refer to them as mortally challenged. <laughs> and the other one. The Earth is the melting pot of the universe. These are obviously satire of political correctness. Right. And some twats on Twitter just couldn't handle it. <laughs> they were just giving flack. Uh, uh, I'm yeah. not going to read their, their names, but right, right. I'll just... But you have some of those tweets, right? Yeah, like one of them is like, not sure what to think of Doom Eternal having not one, but two anti-SJW jokes in it. What happened to lean into Nazi punching and the like? Uh, first things first, Doom doesn't have Nazi punching in it. Right. That, that's more Wolfenstein, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah. So to continue, Doom and Wolfenstein 2 seemed oh. pretty self-aware of subtext, so I have trouble reading this trailer as anything but a, a dog whistle. So so that's a whole bunch of SJW jargon that I don't understand. Well, because like the, it, the dog whistling thing, she's insinuating that Doom, uh, Doom Eternal... Is dog whistling to anti or people who are anti immigration or or against uh, illegal immigration stuff like that? Oh. Can can I tell you something very quickly? Um, before I started uh, doing shows with you, I wasn't really acquainted with a lot of this vocabulary. Like I, I you were a normie. I was very much a normie. In fact, I, I at one point, like, because you made a reference to it a couple few times, you know, something about SJWs, and I, I had to stop the show, and I'm like, wait a sec, what is an SJW? I don't understand what we're talking about. Now Now we're talking about dog whistling, and I'm just like, yeah, th- th- there's a lot of this vocabulary that, that I'm becoming more and more familiar with now that apparently outrage culture is becoming more normalized. It's weird. It's, but it's become more uh, prominent. Prominent is probably a better word than normalized, but I just I see it outside of uh, the the stuff we do. Whereas, like you know, like a couple years ago when we were doing shows, you know, a lot of it was was very new to me. I was like, I I wasn't aware of this uh, culture. You know, I didn't yeah. know what GamerGate was or any of that other stuff. But but I'm I, I'm getting us way uh, way off track. You you have more tweets as yeah. we close. So up. <laughs> uh, next one, uh, demon can be an offensive term. They prefer to be called mortally challenged. <laughs> Uh, quote there, but what is it with game devs and dot 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 bad jokes? Like that's not funny. It's just irritatingly irritatingly out of touch. Out of uh, touch. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to find something that are well, shorter. Well, and I thought I saw one somewhere that was um, talking about. The- oh, oh 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 fuck! This one got me laughing really hard. Okay. Uh, I'll just skip. So, uh, my honest opinion, Doom 2016 was fun and the irreverent irreverent tone was refreshing. But whatever challenge and melting pond jokes are super bad taste at a time when ICE has become the new Gestapo and white supremacists are trying to stir up mass anti-immigration sentiment. Oh. No. It's like, if you think ICE are the, the, the Gestapo... Do you think the the countries of origins that these immig- or these people are immigrating from are death camps? 
Yeah, or it, prison camps, wherever the Gestapo would take people. That's pretty fucking racist, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's the thing. It's like you know, if uh, if these folks just kind of look past their statements for a quarter second, I, you know, obviously this isn't a political show. I mean, you know, we uh, um, we we have you know opinions and and things like that. And actually, I'm not informed enough to have uh, um opinions. But what I what I what I've decided really really bothers me in in this current climate are statements exactly like that because it's it it comes from ignorance no yeah yeah ice is nothing compared to the gestapo that's just like get fucked yeah i mean i mean there there are you know certain policies and things like that 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 people can uh disagree with and and that's all fine and good but yeah when 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 there's like references to that that like the um that that somehow our country is perpetuating genocide um that that really kind of rankles me because that just i i i i'm okay with dissent but dissent out of ignorance really really pisses me oh, off oh yeah i just but i agree with you on that uh, this one was kind of funny i was really looking forward to this no you weren't don't lie <laughs> but now i'm not sure if i can support the game in good conscience some people say that SJWs and political correctness have ruined gaming. Yes, they have. <laughs> but I start to get the feeling that Doom Eternal might be the first where the opposite is true. What? I don't think this person would like Grand Theft Auto very much. Yeah, see, and that's, I mean, <laughs> so yeah, so apparently um, uh, murdering hookers is totally okay, but... Well, but I mean the, the whole satire of oh, right. things. Yeah. That GTA... Especially the last two are very, uh, are very much a satire of American culture. So I'm looking, I am very much looking forward to Grand Theft Auto Six. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, this one, this last tweet sums up everything perfectly. Okay. The point of the political correctness stuff in Doom's demo footage is to show how modern immigration rhetoric can be adopted to justify a literal deno- demonic invasion. It's funny and poignant. If you see the jokes towards demons as being about actual POCs, uh, people of color, sure. that's kind of racist. Yeah, that gets you a, that's racist. Yeah, no, that's, I, oh my God. And I, this tells you how um, uh, rational, I guess, uh, uh, rational people are. That that statement sounds dumb. Um, I didn't even think to think of anything in that context because it's like wait a minute it's it's an invasion of demons from hell on the earth you know what why would that be an analogy for immigration that that doesn't even make sense to me no it's just a they're just parodying uh yeah. political correctness culture Ugh. taking it to an extreme that that's how that's why it's a joke it's so extreme and so outrageous it's like of course it's a joke I mean, so 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 is Mars Attacks a uh, a a analogy and indictment on <laughs> on immigration? Then <laughs> probably. God damn it! But uh, so yeah, when when this when uh, when I first saw the uh, the gameplay footage, uh, honestly, I missed those dialogue pieces, so I didn't even know about the outrage until I saw some YouTubers I follow oh, sure. talking about it. So. Uh, so yeah, before I found out about all this outrage stuff, I was kind of, uh, okay. I was like, eh, I might get it, the game, I might get it later, because gameplay-wise, it looks good, 
Okay. But it, it just looks like it carries over some stuff I didn't like about the Doom remake. Right. Well, you've been really critical of uh, of recent Doom offerings. Yeah, because uh, I'm in the minority. Well, I like Doom 4. Okay. It's just, I think it's the weakest of the Doom games because mm. it holds the player's hand way too much. Oh, sure. Like, for example, every enemy can drop health and ammunition, whereas in Doom 1, 2, and 3, mm. only certain enemies could drop ammunition, and even then... It depended on what kind of weapon that that enemy had. So, like oh. a a shotgunner would only drop shotgun rounds. Oh, sure, okay. And no sense. enemies gave health. Right. So, so Doom Four allowing you to gain health after killing an enemy. Again, that seems like you're holding the player's hand. Yeah. But also, all the pickups glow like neon lights, mm-hmm. whereas in the past games, they didn't. Especially right. Doom Three, like. Doom 3 was much more grounded in uh, reality than any of the other games. Right, so you could pass by ammunition or health and not even see it. And not even see it. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, well, that... But that's just... That's kind of like minor gripes. Yeah. So, uh... And then they announced that there would probably be a single-player DLC for Doom Eternal. That immediately made me said, I'm just going to wait for a complete edition. Right. If I'm going to pay big money for a game, I want a complete game. I don't want a part. I don't want a base game. I want the full experience here. You know, and, and we've talked about uh, modern gaming, but that's really kind of kind of the thing anymore, right? They, yeah. they just kind of sell you what is basically kind of like a slightly polished beta, essentially. Basically. Because it's all DLC and patches. Yeah, and, and Bethesda is horrible about that. Like, their games are almost never truly finished, like, wow. especially like the Fallout games, like, they're glitchy as hell Ugh. at launch. See, I, but, but anyway, that was before uh, I found out about people getting triggered. <laughs> as soon as I saw, it, as soon as I saw them getting triggered, it's like, oh, if if it and Bethesda don't back down on this, they keep those jokes in the game. I will buy it right away as soon as possible. Ah, I gotcha. Because that that's what outrage culture and uh, all this stuff has done. It makes me support games that I mm-hmm. probably wouldn't have bought initially. Like with uh, Dead or Alive Extreme 3. Okay. Uh, you wear that at it, all? Is that, is that the uh, beach volleyball yes. game thing? Okay. Yes. It, the, like, I've never played any of the others before it. Okay. But then there was just all this outrage over it and blah, 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 and long story short, I was like, I'm going to import this game. I'm going to buy it. Mm-hmm. And I've done that with uh, uh the Ghost in the Shell uh, movie, right? Like I normally, I probably would never have bought it on DVD, but it's like you know what? It's it's angering, not just weebs, but regressive. So I was like, yeah, I'll I'll support this movie. I'll support <laughs> it some more. Gotcha. Well, and that that reminds me of uh, um, what you and I were saying uh, off mic before while we were playing CDs on KGRG about um, uh, James Gunn and, and Disney's uh, decision to double down on oh, yeah. not rehiring him. And Have you talked about that at all? No. Okay. I, I've kind of steered clear of it because like, I've just, I've just had other, well, it, other topics. Yeah. It's kind of old now. So I guess. Yeah. Well, well, the most current thing is like you know apparently like Batista is making all these oh yeah all, all uh, these so, comments and stuff and well, just a quick rundown. James sure. Gunn had some edgy boy joke tweets 
from like 10 from or like so years 10, ago. With 10 years ago when he was with Trauma. Yeah. And so, that's a that's a context that people forget about. It's like, you know, he he was part of Trauma at that point. Yeah, he was an edgy boy. Yeah. So uh, these these tweets came back came to light and he got the Roseanne treatment. He made it. He made offensive tweets. Right. And he got fired like Roseanne did from ABC owned by Disney. Right. So a lot of people who I guess either like James Gunn's uh, political opinions or really like the Marvel movies are like hashtag rehire James Gunn. Right. And the the cast of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, they were all they they put a, they, they, they they put out an open letter right. of of you of of support of bringing back James Gunn. Mm-hmm. So blah blah blah. Like uh, fast forward, uh, Disney is standing their ground. They're not going to rehire him, right? Because Disney is trying to have a family friendly image, and jokes about having sex with children doesn't fit that. So understandably, Disney's not going to rehire him. And Batista ain't too happy about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He, I unfortunately don't have the tweet on hand, but it's, it, it was like, basically like, uh, "Way to go, Disney, making America great again." Like that was his uh, reply to that, or his resp- public response to that. Mm. He's like, "That is some. I hope you did some warm ups because that is a those that kind of stretching would pull a muscle." <laughs> And, and and again, it's just you know uh, missing the point and making comparisons that really don't make any sense. Yeah, and I, and I'll, I don't know if Disney is in favor of the president at all. Well, and, and yeah, according to Batista, that's that's I I guess they're they're in cahoots. There's like you know, you know I don't know. It's, it's dumb, and the way he's been running his mouth is like, I wouldn't be surprised if Drac doesn't get magically brought back in Infinity War two. Yeah. Well, yeah, and that's that's the thing. I mean, because we'll we'll see how that all goes. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, some of these characters that have been dusted, you know, maybe can just make a couple of them be not. Uh, uh, you know, maybe maybe characters that don't have their own movies coming up that have been announced. But, um, but yeah, man, I I think I think our time is up before uh before we get out of here. Um, uh, let folks know where people can harass you online. Uh, for your for your uh, uh, my po- wrong think yeah wrong think Jesus see again all this vocabulary that I'm just uh, yes I'm on Twitter at late night deaf I might be jumping on to some other social media sites because of the way Twitter and Facebook have been behaving gotcha all right well we will leave that there for now and I'm gonna hit this here button. All right, and that will do it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, greatly appreciate it. Um, these these shows are always fun. I uh, I always like it when we get the opportunity to kind of do a deep dive on things. Um, if uh, if you'd like to listen to any of my past shows, including all of my old shows uh, from when I was on KGRG, uh, subscribe on SoundCloud, Google Play Music, uh, the Stitcher Radio app, and on Apple Podcasts. Uh, like, share, rate, and review the show wherever you find it. And if you do leave us a review, let me know. Send a screenshot or something like that. Because I've heard somewhere that like uh, rates and reviews and subscriptions actually help a podcast become more prominent. But I've also heard that that's not the case as well. I don't really care. I just I I just need the ego stroke, and uh, and I will uh, gladly read your reviews um, on the air. Um, let's see, uh, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at 
Mike Seibert Radio and right into the mailbag, MikeSeibertRadio at gmail.com. If you are interested in being a co-host on the show, uh, we've uh, we've got some uh, fun guests coming up in the future. Uh, uh, speaking of Dave, uh, he and I are going to be talking in the near future um, about uh, the upcoming fall TV uh, lineups uh, and basically bitch about Murphy Brown and Magnum P.I. and all this I'll, other stuff. I'll that probably bug, bug him about it, but if, if I forget to... When you have him on, yeah. ask him, which would win in a fight, a Sharknado or a Megalodon? You got it. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Uh, but anyway, yeah, uh, feel free and reach out. I uh, I love doing interviews. I love doing uh, uh, team shows. Um, I like talking into a microphone by myself, but it's uh, podcasting is always funner with friends. So, yeah, um, so yeah uh, Mike Seibert Radio, gmail.com, or at Mike Seibert Radio and all of your favorites. Um, uh, social medias um, and that is about all I've got for Mike Cybert Radio my name is Mike I am Killing Spree and until next time make good choices trigger some snowflakes Sharknado.